Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon, America. This is your host, Mr. C. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the C Report, coming to you live at the Foxhole app on Twitch in some nether regions of you, ScrewTube. Uh, no, you don't, ScrewTube. ScrewTube screws you. And other places. We're glad you guys are joining us today. Uh, I have a full report for you this Friday afternoon, so I can't wait to get to it. But you know what I got to do here on the C Report? First things first. We got some chat recap. We had a monkey toe seventy one in the chat yesterday. Was he was uh, he or she was on fire yesterday? Sorry guys, I just you know that's why I make those pronoun jokes. Uh, our government is an unbelievable joke to other countries and all of us. Yes, we absolutely do agree with that here at the Sea Report, and I think you will see in later on uh, in the report exactly how much of a joke we are. Um, your faith is your armor. Monkey Toe seventy one goes on to write. Don't let cracks appear. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we have to keep our armor as airtight as possible. You know what they say, right? Um, Liz Garcia says, pop up at parties, lol. Yeah, well, sometimes that does happen, ma'am. I do pop up at parties, or it's better than popping out at par parties anyways. Uh, D. Richard said, good afternoon, Patriots. Sorry I'm late, Mr. C. Uh, D. Richard, hey, you know, if you have things to do, it's all good. And, you know, there's always the replay or if you're fox hopping. I don't mind it. I'm just glad that you stopped in and said hello and enjoyed the show. Uh, Monkey Toes again. This is what happens when you normalize violence and defund police. I would highly agree with that. It's been it's been a rather contentious topic the last few days, um, especially as we've seen in, in some of the, the other uh, shows that we've had, like at the, the Roundtable and also at uh, at also at the Q and A holes live. It seems uh, it seems to be a, a very hot topic. I know I know our news director Joe One of Two seems to love to talk about violence. Violence committed by police. Monkey Toe 71, this is what happened. Oh, wait, I already read that one. Uh, the Grouch 79 said, I hope everyone is having a great day. Indeed, we were, I believe, Grouch, and I hope you were yesterday, and I hope you are today as well. Uh, Anka Vanka, uh, Mr. C, such a nice tie you have on. Well, thank you, Miss Anka. I do appreciate that. I think you have lovely frog eyes. Uh, Bastos asked, Didn't Trump get Moderna? Now, um, in reference to that, I did, uh, did kind of snoop around to see what uh, shot or vaccine or gene therapy that Trump had gotten, and there was no confirmation of which one it was that he and Melania took, um, although the Pfizer and Moderna ones were ready in December when he got them, and the reports did say he got them. However, I seem to remember a time when Trump caught COVID, and he took uh, pharmaceuticals and other such treatments, and he was well within what? three days risen, right? Uh, and then he even wanted to say that his doctor said he was immune, so maybe it was a white lie. I don't know. My goldfish memory there. Chubby Patriot 57 said, I live in Arizona. Our state government is filled with rhino clowns. And I think perhaps Chubby Patriot 57, that might be one of the reasons why uh, Arizona was able to get away with so much, um, you know, um, so many evil things there, you know, because when it came down to the five uh, highly contested states there, like, you know, you saw like what they did in Georgia with the ballots, uh, what they did in California with making them vanish and all these other things. But it seems like every angle of uh, election and voter fraud that they could have used happened in Arizona, <laughs> like all of the points met in Arizona and they got like, they got screwed the hardest. Anyways, Carrie Lake says, I wonder if they were able to get enough volunteers since the Google suppression. Now that was a good question, Carrie Lake, because, um, I was finding out that, uh, even though, um, 
it was kind of put out there that there would be an audit, you know, a recount or an audit of these votes. You weren't hearing a lot about it if it wasn't like, you know, um, the, the liberals and the progressives and the Dems and all of them complaining about this. And even, you know, like we had mentioned about Mark Elias coming out and all that stuff. But a lot of patriots did not even know about this. Like even some of the people that I look up to had no idea about the azaudit.org um, website, uh, which we'll take a look at because right now they're doing training um, over there in Arizona. And uh, and I think, I guess I get, I'm supposing the uh, official count will start on Monday. I don't think that they would be working through the weekend. Although, you know, if I were in that position, I would. Um, D. Richard says, I heard that Antifa slash BLM have hotel rooms and are moving to Target Arizona. I think that is a very, very real possibility. Um, there are some people that have eyes in Arizona for us, though, uh, by way of some sources. So if we have any uh, news on that, we'll definitely try and break that with you guys. Well, we don't really break news. I just, you know, I go through the headlines. So obviously I didn't break it. Anyways, Carrie Lake, I want to know why are we supposed to trust Director Ray? Good question, Carrie Ray. I'm in the same boat as you are on that one. Um, and you really have to wonder what's going on. It seems like FBI and the uh, CIA have had a long history of um, terrible and treasonous directors. But again, we we really have to uh, see what's going to happen. Now, Anka Vanka had a good response to that. Disinfo is necessary. And that is something that is true. It is very necessary sometimes, even though we don't want to hear it. But um, she, she went on to say to test and trap the people who are doing wrong. And that's why I believe, you know, Trump had several bad hats in his cabinet and surrounding him because he had their thumb on them so he could see exactly what they were going to do and what their next moves were going to be. I think that's why he had Pence as his vice president, honestly, because at the time I would have loved to have seen a Rand Paul or a Trump Rand Paul Trump. Rand Paul ticket. That would have been like a Trump Paul ticket. Like they would have trumped all. Anyways, okay. So I think that would have been awesome. Um, but of course, that was just back then. And uh, and then like as I was saying about Pence being the VP, um, I think he had his thumb on him because it was my chief belief the entire time that Mike Pence was meant to be the LBJ of the Trump administration and take his place just like as we all know what happened to JFK. Anyways, thanks guys for being in the chat. The, yesterday we had, a, I mean, I just always uh, doing these chat recaps. I hope you don't mind. All right, guys. That's gonna, oh, who's that? Who is that man on the screen? I didn't even realize he was there. Oh, if it isn't President Trump. Okay, so we did have a, re a statement from President Trump today. Um, and uh, that was in regards to the, uh, uh, yeah, that was in regards to the audit that's going on in Arizona. So let's go ahead and check that out real quick. Bam, there you go. Uh, let's see, statement by Donald Trump, 45th president. So it, it says, so many people would like to thank the brave and patriotic Republican state senators from Arizona for the incredible job they are doing in exposing the large-scale voter fraud which took place in the 2020 presidential election. Their tireless efforts have led to a massive recount, ballot examination, and full forensic audit undertaken by experts retained by the state Senate with results to be announced within six weeks. The Democrats, upon hearing the news of the 
the court order have sent 73 lawyers. Now, this is all headed up by Mark Elias. Remember, I told you Mark Elias has an extensive, extensive network of uh, lie makers who will go and attack at command. Okay, so um, as it says, um, they've sent 73 lawyers to Arizona in an effort to stop this recount and full transparency because they know what they did. The Democrats are desperate for the fraud to remain concealed because, when revealed, the great states of Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, New Hampshire, and the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania would be forced to complete the work already started. The Arizona recount and examination will be live t- be on live TV, OAN, for all to watch. Why are the Democrats so desperate to stop this election fraud from being revealed? That answer is obvious. The governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey, has been shockingly of zero help to the state Senate. He wants to pretend the election was free and fair. What are he and the Maricopa County commissioners trying to hide? Hey, uh, what was that guy? Big guy with the big opinion. Do you get it now? The state can't run this. They are the ones who have the spotlight shining on them. So it has to be independent. Anyways, our country needs the truth of the scam 2020 election. Or how about the 2020 election coup? Um, to be exposed. If it is not just as if uh, just as if we have no borders, we cannot be a great nation. Honest elections are America's heart and soul. We must never allow this to happen to our great country again. Thank you, state senators and others in Arizona for commencing this full forensic audit. I predict the results will be startling. So I am looking forward to seeing exactly what those results are. Uh, sorry, I didn't expand this on the screen for you guys. Um, let's take a look at the ArizonaAudit.org website. So again, let's let's just see what's going on. Just curious. We got to be we got to be peeping toms and nosy Nancys sometime, but not Hoods Pelosi, of course. But we are talking about what is going. So now, for those of you who may not be aware, if you didn't catch yesterday's show, uh, they do have these nine cameras set up inside the uh, Phoenix, Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum for all to see 24-7, seven days a week. If you're up at like, I don't know, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and you're just chatting with your friends, why not get onto the azaudit.org and see what's going on? Let's let's make sure that they have the security there. I, I mean, I was asleep at that time. But let's see if they have the security posted like they say they have it posted let's make sure there's no you know shenanigans going on so uh taking a look let's expand this one real quick uh so you see them in teams of different colors green blue orange red no doubt those are people uh maybe different jobs per different color different assignment i don't think that they're doing like a, oh if you're a republican wear red if you're the green party wear green if you're the uh I was going to say, if you're the blue party, wear Democrat. If you're the Democrat party, wear blue. Like, I don't think that's the case. So it's probably uh, job-specific coloring. Uh, in this one, we see um, the ballot holding center station. So this is where all the ballots are being stationed. Um, these are not the machines. I think the machines came in on like heavier metal crates. Obviously, uh, you wouldn't be able to box a ballot machine in like, I don't know, like a 12 by 12 box or whatever. So uh, there's that going on in that camera. So again, if you guys are interested, um, go check this out. Bookmark it. I'm sure people are watching this thing like a hawk 24-7. So that's what you got going on there. And um, and, and some interesting information I learned today. Um, this, uh, this audit was actually uh, in 
in a large part funded by the likes of um, Patrick Byrne, the former CEO of Overstock.com. Sidney Powell is also involved in the efforts. Both of them donated a lot of money to get this going. Um, And of course, you had the the Dems and the liberals complaining that they can't be taking outside donations as much to their hypocrisy, right? So um, if you as a concerned patriot would like to make a donation, uh, fund the audit.com is one of those uh, places that has been recommended to go. Now, this is one that's headed up. The, the people who are involved with fundtheaudit.com, Patrick Byrne, Sidney Powell, Mark, Mike Lindell. So you know those names. You love those names. Um, if you want to make a donation in any amount. Now, Patrick Byrne did announce today that he will be matching dollar for dollar every American that donates to this uh, up to $2 million, guys. So up to $2 million, he will match your dollars um, no matter what amount. If you can put in a dollar, if you can put in $10, whatever you can, it will be matched up to $2 million to, uh, and that will also not just go towards these efforts, but also it will be put into a bank that will go to fight any efforts that go towards um, election integrity and this process. So like Donald Trump said in his statement, President Trump said in his statement, um, uh, uh, if if this audit is successful, then we're going to have Wisconsin opening up for business, we're going to have the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania opening up for business, etc. And uh, I believe that these funds, as he said, it will all go into the coffer for election integrity. And uh, that's what it will go. So in case you guys were wondering who's putting the fund, the audit.com, I already told you some of the names involved. It is being powered by the America Project. So uh, you guys can go check out the America Project.com. Now, this is another one that is being, uh, that is like uh, the brain children, the brain child. No, no, wait. The, the love child, I don't know, Patrick Byrne, Sidney Powell and the likes, true American patriots who have put not only their money where their mouth is, but also have put their life on the line just to get this information out there. Or if you just want information that you don't necessarily have to donate, uh, spread it, spread the links around to your patriot friends and families. Let them know that this, um, this does exist. Uh, it is a nonprofit, uh, but it is all for America. So I would recommend maybe just checking it out. Uh, it doesn't hurt to check out things that will put America first. That is my primary belief. So anyways, and that's just a quick, uh, quick spiel on some um, uh, Trump uh, Trump news and some election integrity news. We're going to try and keep on bringing you uh, some updates as this goes along. I don't want this to fall out of our radar because of course any type of shenanigan could happen. But, uh, oh, there's our dear president. You know, I, I just, I hope I'm not disrespectful in saying I would pinch his cheeks. Anyways, okay, uh, let's take a look at this, guys. Um, all right, here's a statement that we missed from yesterday. Now, I'm tired of cover- covering gun violence, guys. I'm tired of it. Um, I think there's enough coverage of it in our media. I think we need more news about positive gun protection as opposed to, you know, gun violence just to be a counter narrative to what's already out there. Um, but Donald Trump did release, President Trump did release a statement yesterday in regards to that Le- LeBron James fellow. Anyways, let's see what it says. Uh, LeBron James should focus on basketball rather than presiding over the destruction of the NBA, which has just recorded the lowest television ratings by far in the long and distinguished history of the league. His racist rants are divisive, nasty, insulting, and... Can't read my screen, guys, sorry. uh, And... Demeaning. 
he may be a great basketball player, which is, you know, refutable, but he is doing nothing to bring our country together. Very true words, President Trump. Very true words. Uh, how often uh, the media and celebrities think that, you know, their opinions matter and that uh, we, re we really want to hear what they have to say in regards to things. But, uh, you know, the, the whole racism thing and the whole white on black thing like that, I think, is probably one of the more um, serial things that we have to deal with uh, in regards to the nomenclature, in regards to what's being pushed, etc. So... I found a vi very quick, uh, it's, it's a short video I want to share with you guys, and um, it's just to lighten up the mood on this whole racist thing and the whole cop violence thing. So I'm going to share it with you guys. Please forgive me if you don't think this is news, but I think it's a Friday and we can have a little bit of fun here on the Sea Report today. So uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and pull this up for you guys. Boop. Now, this is the man who's ridden on Jeffrey Epstein's... No, no, I think that was uh, Chris Tucker. Chris Rock, guys, uh, this is a, a real quick bit he did on um, racism, uh, the Confederate flag, and also um, how not to get your ass beat by a cop. Let's check it out. Now, that summer, the NAACP called for a boycott of South Carolina because the state still flies the Confederate flag over its Capitol Dome. Now, the flag has been a very controversial and divisive issue. So we, we, people here at the Chris Rock Show, went down to South Carolina, the heart of Dixie, to talk to the folks and see what we could do to straighten out this whole mess. How do you feel about the Confederate flag hanging over the state capitol? I feel like it ought to stay up forever. Thing about South Carolina white people? Well, sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I like the way we white ladies be wearing their shorts and stuff. It's all good, you know what I'm saying? What, what have you done to get it taken down? I've written my um, Senator Strom Thurmond. Right. And I think the federal. Did he used to own slaves? Yes, he did. Okay. Do you think the police would mess with you if you went to the top of the state house and ripped down the Confederate flag? Most mm -hmm. them. Most them. Yeah. I think they're going to handcuff me up there, probably take me to some woods and beat me up for doing it. You think Al Sharpton should come down here and just straighten this whole mess out? Okay, I'm sorry. Al Sharpton? I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> You're making me look stupid. No, no. You say Martin Luther King with a perm. <laughs> you think black people would feel better if they got to put up their own flag? Uh, no, I don't. We devised some flags. Now, go, we're going to hang up over the state house. We want to tell you what you, tell us what you think about. Now, this first one is a flag of OJ and a white woman. Yeah, that would work. Think that would work? Man, that's a good-looking woman, and OJ's a mighty-lucky uh, man. She got blue eyes, too. Yeah, just a real blue-eyed yeah. white woman. Just and blonde hair, yeah. Just really piss them off. Got the right kind of nose. Yeah. yeah she's, that's a white woman. Yeah. South Carolina is on KKK. Exactly. <laughs> South Carolina is 
KKK. I don't like that one. Are you familiar with the clan? South Carolina is the only black community. Myself. Is that? Nah, they'll cause a lot of trouble. Are you familiar with the Wu Tang clan? The Wu Tang. The Wu Tang. You said the Wu Tang. The Wu Tang clan. Wu Tang. So that's another division yeah. of the clan. How about this a crack? <laughs> How about this a big cracker? I don't like that. This is a flag of a cracker. Just to let you know where you're at. Here's some cheese on top of it. <laughs> How about the Malcolm X? See, now you get to combine Malcolm with the Confederate flag, everybody's happy. Malcolm in the Confederate colors. No. It's the stars of the of Confederate replaced by the stars of the WB. Okay, now who's your favorite WB star? Oh, man, I hate to sit down and know these folks. Well, replacing the stars of the Confederate with the stars of the WB. Oh, my goodness. Ridiculous, guys. Okay, that one, that one just had the straight-up Confederate flag one. It's hilarious. Um, tell you what, guys, I'll play, the, uh, I'll play the cop one at the end of the show. Um, it's, it's really funny. It's really funny. Anyways, okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Just a little humor. The cop one would have been more appropriate, but it's all good, guys. It's all good. I'm sure you forgive me. Okay, guys, so let's go ahead and get on with the rest of it. I just need to laugh today, y'all. Um, let's get on the rest of the news. Okay, guys, so we had the Leader Summit going on virtually. Um, that was the Leader Summit, and oh, what am I doing over here? Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, that was happening virtually. All the world leaders, of course, coming together to talk about climate uh, and and uh, feeling all important about it. Of course, unfortunately for Miss Greta Thunberg, she was not invited. She was heard to have said, how dare you? But uh, moving right along from that, she's, I mean, she was a climate crybaby, baby, but she was still not invited. Uh, that whole incident about us being clowns, yeah, definitely clowns. Check this out. Of all of the climate leaders, uh, all of the leaders there... Joe Biden was the only one wearing a mask. Look at that illegitimate Joe. Yep, everyone else, they're breathing nice. And look at even pretty panty boy Trudeau is sitting there without a mask. And Canada's gotten some pretty harsh, I know you can't see him behind that C report there, but he's gotten some pretty harsh uh, things going on up in Canada. You know, I have a family member up in Canada who says that they're not even allowed to shop like for pots and uh you know clothes and dishes because that's not considered essential they can only buy like food and water like that's pretty bad and then when you think about also like those hotels that they make them stay in and they make them pay for and all that stuff anyways oh do you guys recognize a, um do you recognize a, a stinky shill here yeah, we're talking about this man, Boris Johnson, the Donald Trump lookalike they installed to trick all the people of the United Kingdom. Cannot stand that man. Cannot stand that man. Anyways, okay, so on to a little bit about what was going on with this whole climate thing. Um, let me shrink my screen here. All right, so on Thursday, uh, illegitimate Joe, he made an announcement at this leader summit on climate uh, via, um, you know, virtualness um, that he was going to plan to put a cut to the United States carbon emissions 
um, in half by 50% by 2030. So that's his, that's his commitment to the world and, and joining these Paris Accords, agreement, whatever you want to call it. Uh, never mind the fact that China, Mexico, and India, among other countries, are like some of the heaviest carbon emitters with, with, no, with no, uh, no apology there, guys. Like they just, they emit as much CO2 as they want and they're not going to be held to account for it. But for some reason, America, who already has like, what, less than half the carbon emissions coming from the entire world is expected to drop even more so by 2030. Uh, and then we also forget the fact that, you know, plants and trees kind of need CO2 to survive. Like, what's up with that? And we kind of need plants and trees to breathe oxygen. Like, so there's like a little symbiotic relationship going on here between the plants and the trees and the human beings that uh, these climate scientists seem to have forgotten about. Um, and, and then here's another question. Shouldn't the masks that we're wearing have helped with the emission of CO2s from human beings? Like, you would think that maybe since everyone's wearing a face diaper these days that it's catching all the CO2 emissions. I don't understand that either. Do you guys? All right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's not forget about this one. The cows emit methane every time they fart, right? So they're going to want to kill the cows. Now it suddenly makes sense to me why we have a BSL level four lab going up in Manhattan, Kansas, in the middle of beef country, because they're trying to kill the cows because they cannot stop them from farting and emitting methane into the ozone layer. It all makes sense now, guys. It all makes sense. Um, I think the one that we also want to recall is uh, we as Americans have always wanted to be taxed to breathe. And basically, that's what it's boiling down to. Now, the Western Journal notes that fracking, which allows us to produce significantly cleaner natural gas at home, is going uh, with um, them wanting to cut fracking out because this is another plan from Biden that it's going to make energy significantly more expensive for the average American while retarding our economic growth. The administration's uh, the administration's climate austerity plan, which would be a gut punch to the poor and create a whole lot more of them by killing off jobs and making Americans profoundly making America profoundly uncompetitive, can still be done. Now, that's, that's what they want to do. They want to take out that. Now, now, that is not enough, though. That is not enough for climate activists. Climate activists want it to be cut down by as much as 70% by 2030. This, uh, this Yahoo by the name of Jen Su, um, who is the Energy Justice Director at the Center uh, for Biological Diversity, says that 50% by 2030 simply isn't big enough to meet the expansive and massive scale of the climate emergency. And that really makes me wonder what the heck biological diversity has to do with the climate, other than the fact that they're killing all the white people. Anyways, um, let's, let's show you another fun example of these climate activists and, um, and, and another good example of how the left tend to eat their own. I mean, we know most of them are cannibals, but they tend to eat their own. And they tend to be useful idiots that lead the charge at destroying humanity and destroying our country. Uh, let's take a look at this quick video. We had protesters. Hey, shut up, I'm talking. We had protesters, climate protesters, show up in Washington, D.C.,
Um, because allegedly that's where illegitimate Joe was hosting this uh, summit on climate uh, for the leaders. We all know he was at Castle Rock, right? Anyways, uh, we have these climate protesters show up. They are leftists. At first it's like, ooh, this is kind of cool. But then I saw the pink wheelbarrows and I realized immediately that they traded in their pink hats for pink wheelbarrows. Now there is some uh, language here, guys. Just take note. Super fun, right, guys? Super fun. Here's some more. Okay, so that was the scene at Washington, D.C., um, where you had these uh, pink wheelbarrow people uh, just uh, tossing all their crap. Into I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute it. I'm going to mute it while that plays. Well, they had, and so, you know, at first I was like, hey, this is interesting. Uh, and then I, I started to read, because they're obviously against Biden's. They, they, were, uh, they, were, they were protesting Biden's uh, plan, which they think is BS because it's only 50%. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, these people these people and i was like wow where did they get all that crap from and then when i realized it was the left i was like oh that makes sense just kidding guys actually <laughs> they got uh reuters reported that these people got their crap the cow dung came courtesy of a group called extinction rebellion and um that is a radical environmentalist group that originated in the united kingdom so now they're exporting their crap over here but i mean they've kind of always done that right so i was like okay let's Let's take a look at these guys. So I pulled them up. Um, this is the Extin uh, Extinction Rebellion. And we're not going to go through this website, but just to give you an, uh, an idea. Uh, when I saw this website, guys, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the Sunshine Movement. Do you guys remember what the Sunshine Movement is? Anyways, these are all of their, uh, I guess, all of their agencies scattered around the world. Um, 77 countries, uh, 1,174 local groups. Um, they have over 104 events that are current, uh, and I'm sure I didn't dig into it because I didn't have time while I was putting my report together, but I'm sure if we find out who's funding them, that would be some interesting thing. Now, just a real quick why I say this reminded me of the, uh, of the Sunshine Movement. Uh, we actually did an article at, we actually did a series of articles over at QNAholspodcast.com. Who are the sun, uh, Sunrise Movement? Sorry, not Sunshine Movement. And if you see Green New Deal, it's all the same thing here, guys. Like this is, this is like a mirror organization. Now, the Sunrise Movement, as we went into this whole article, is 401c3. They are funded by a lot of people. There was a lot of, a lot of, uh, information. We did like a series of three articles on it maybe. And, uh, that was all, uh, with thanks to, uh, the investigative work of one Millie Weaver that we were able to actually uh, bring you this story on the sunrise movement in a manner that was timely enough 
and I don't know that it helped prevent it from happening, but there was supposed to have been an insurrection against the insurrection at the during the whole uh, um, January 20th uh, date. Uh, so uh, that information got out where it needed to go. And that was all good for us um, because we were like, geez, what is this? But anyway, so that was just uh, kind of how that mirrors, you know, the Sunrise Movement. And they, they're the same thing. They go out there for the climate. At least that's the guys that they use. So I just wanted to bring that to y'all's attention. Now, um, also at this climate summit, uh, we had this man here. Oh, you know him, you hate him or dislike him extremely much, uh, John Kerry. Now, John Kerry, uh, in reference to my whole um, statement about, you know, the plants and the animals or the plants and the human beings and the importance of having CO2 in our atmosphere, because these guys just want to kill CO2. Like, I, I mean, we need it. So listen to what John Kerry had to say about CO2. off to such a very quick start you said twice getting to net zero is going to be hard really hard and uh, just remind everybody that, that that will depend on whether or not we have some breakthrough technologies and breakthrough innovations number one but even if we get to net zero we still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere so this is a bigger challenge than a lot of people have, have, have sort of really grabbed onto yet yeah. yeah that woman in the back there she was smiling at him real funny whenever he said that can you believe that can you believe that this man said that like i'm sitting there thinking does he think we're that stupid which i, I honestly think that's what it is i mean it was a very unscientific statement to make i mean does he forget that not just like the point zero 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 one percent of everyone actually knows science like that there's actually people out there who are even lay people that understand this crap anyways so i was like it's very unscientific it, it's not ignorant I, I think it's malicious if you ask me and he's just depending on the people's ignorance in general to say that kind of crap because scientists and everyone know that you need co2 and that is a natural part of earth's atmosphere and it serves as the food for the plants and the trees have you never heard of photosynthesis anyways uh co2 is in part of that process as well as light um and, and then also that uh trees process co2 into oxygen let that sink in for a minute, Mr. Kerry. Now, Biden's climate envoy, of course, they always come under fire because they travel around on private jets. And, and these private jets emit 40 times as much carbon per passenger as a commercial flight. So there's a little bit more hypocrisy for you guys. And then, of course, we all remember Pete Buttigieg, right? And his little bike ride down the block to... Uh, <laughs> his little bike ride down the block to uh, the White House. <clears throat> now, guys, I'm going to warn you. There's going to be a picture on the screen that you may not like. Consider yourself warned. Oh, who is that? Okay. <laughs> well, if it isn't Kamala Walla Walla Harris, uh, I don't know. I haven't really quite settled on what nickname I like for that thing. Um, but uh, in an uh, article from Breitbart, um, they talked about how Kamala Harris met with the foundation leaders about going about the ongoing migrant crisis. So here's where we mix the uh, crisis at the border and this whole new threat that they're going to be presenting on the climate. Now, thank God that Project Veritas exposed CNN when they said the next big thing we're pushing is climate. 
because we can't get away with anything else right now. Race is going blah, you know, like, uh, just, they have nothing else to go on since, you know, Trump's not president anymore. They have to find a way to make ratings. They have to put, find a way to make people afraid. They have to find a way to make sure that if it bleeds, it leads. That's why I don't like talking about cop violence. Anyways, so, um, Kamala goes down, uh, wait, that sounds funny. Phrasing. Anyways, so Kamala attended this virtual, <laughs> she attended this virtual, uh, summit. And, and they were going on about how she's going to be meeting um, and talking about this crisis in regards to the people of Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala as they continue to flood the southern border up through Mexico, right? Now, she, uh, Harris argued that because of the changing climate, people in the region face a struggle in agricultural industry, food scarcity, food insecurity, and extreme poverty. Kamala, I would consider that a problem of a socialist state like Venezuela, and maybe that's why they have food scarcity, food insecurity, and extreme poverty. I don't think that really has anything to do with the climate, but of course, as CNN already told us, they're going to be using the climate to push these issues, so that's what Kamala is going... So now it makes sense why Kamala never went to the border. She was like, I don't need to go to the border. It's not about these people coming in. I need to go take a trip down to the island of uh, Guatemala or Honduras and, and, you know, take a break and maybe have a, a chit-chat with the leaders over there. And let's talk about how this climate that she'll be enjoying in sunny Guatemala, right, on the islands of the Crystal Blue, uh, and, instead of talking, you know, and going down to the border and directly addressing that. So she was like, I'm just going to skip over that because it has nothing to do with the border crisis. It has nothing to do with children uh, um, being warehoused for all of the, uh, you know, pagan bloodthirsty baby eaters in the world it has everything to do with climate change uh, uh, this thing said, again, we're looking at the issue of climate resiliency and then the concern about the lack of economic opportunity. Right. Has nothing to do with socialism, Kamala. Nothing to do. Uh, and speaking of the Venezuelans, in, in a separate but related article, Breitbart also reported that 700 Venezuelans have crossed into Texas at Del Rio. Now, it says here, uh, last Friday, the Border Patrol agents apprehended 167 Venezuelans in the same area. Then on Sunday, they apprehended an additional 112 Venezuelans. And then on Monday, they took in another 106 Venezuelan nationals that had made landfall in the same area. And finally, on Wednesday, over 200 Venezuelans. So, you know... Because of the fact that these Venezuelans know exactly what happens whenever a socialism takes over their country, I'm willing to bet that we'll have at least 700 anti-socialist votes when the time comes. I'm hoping. Anyways, last month, the uh, Breitbart article continues, uh, the Biden administration granted temporary protected status for Venezuelan nationals for eight. 18 months, guys. He's expecting this to go for a while. And just imagine, if you knew you had 18 months to come to the country of your dreams and for whatever other reasons that they're being sent here, that's 18 months that these people can come run up, right? Well, let's see what the article continues to say. The designation applies to those whose... Let me get this woman off the screen, guys. I'm sorry. Here's the Venezuelans. Let's look at them. That's much easier to look at than that person. Okay. All right. <clears throat> 
Now it goes on to say um, the designation suspends any attempts at removal for the period. Uh, generally, these deadlines are extended, sometimes for years on end. Uh, some critics argue this is a pull factor. If we all remember that idiot Texas representative uh, Cuellar, you have to think about the pull factors and the push factors. Well, he wanted to ignore all the pull factors. He was looking at the push factors instead. Um, and and it, it and it goes on to say that this encourages illegal immigration from designated countries. This group will more than likely be released into the United States to pursue asylum claims even though they would never have qualified for that um, for the TPS designation. The source reports many of the Venezuelans interviewed during the week directly attributed to the suspension of deportations by the Biden administration as the impetus for their entry into the United States. And it's also important to note among these people were also found Cubans, Haitians, and Central Africans. So they're not the only ones who are coming up. Now, in response to this, uh, the borderreport.com reports that Texas is opening a brand new state-of-the-art migrant temporary holding facility. Um, I'll play this video for you in the background while I go through this article because there's no sound anyways. Um, but this is a video that was released because for this one, it's being opened in Eagle Pass, Texas, which means if you're familiar with the Texas and the uh, Mexico border, that's Eagle Pass, Piedras Negras, uh, these migrants are going to get to go gambling because that's like, you know, where you go gambling in Texas if you live on the border. Eagle Pass, Texas. Let's go ahead and play this video while I... Uh, they have a bunch of casinos down there. Okay, let's see here. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Oh, where am I going? All right, okay, cool. All right, so from uh, borderreport.com, the United States border officials um, uh, in Eagle Pass, Texas, have opened another temporary migrant processing facility, facility to handle the growing number of undocumented immigrants crossing the border illegally. The 90,000-square-foot facility is located next to the Border Patrol's Eagle Pass South Station, which also houses the Del Rio Sector Central Processing Center, according to a news release, which describes the facility as similar to that of recently constructed soft-sided facilities. Very interesting, right? It is. These are all processing centers, not for their return, but for so this way they know where they're going when they need their vote later on. Um, the facility, which sits on five acres, is weatherproof, climate-controlled, and is expected to provide ample areas for eating, sleeping, and personal hygiene, and probably a few closets to rape some children. United States Customs and Border Protection said the CBP released videos and footed photos of the facility um, ahead of its opening. They show shower pods and holding pods. As as well as a large processing room equipped with computers and surveillance cameras. The temporary facility will provide additional processing capacity for Border Patrol's Del Rio sector, which reports a steady increase in border encounters starting last April, due in part to worsening economic conditions caused by the coronavirus pandemic and natural disasters in Central America. Eagle Pass is located 145 miles southwest of San Antonio. So that is a little bit of what's going on there in response to this border crisis. Let me shrink this video down. Um, now, in response to that, our dear, dear, dear Attorney General for the state of Texas, Ken Paxton, who has been working so hard for this state and suing the pants off the Biden administration, well, 
in an article from the, the Epic Times, it reveals um, he's suing them again. And this time he's suing the Biden administration, the United States government, for ignoring COVID-19 rules at the southern border. The article says Texas has filed a fresh federal lawsuit against President Joe Biden, illegitimate Joe, arguing his policies violate federal law and are causing an influx of illegal aliens infected with uh, the corona COVID virus. Um, and that, oh, well, the article says the CCP virus, to be fair, um, that causes COVID-19, which jeopardizes public health and the burgeoning economic recovery. Now, Ken Paxton has said in a statement, President Biden's outright disregard of the public health crisis in Texas by welcoming and encouraging mass gatherings of illegal aliens, <coughs> excuse me, is hypocritical and dangerous. This reckless policy changes uh, change stifles the reopening of the Texas economy at a time when businesses need it the most and when our children need to get back to in-person learning as possible and as soon as possible. Law and order must be immediately upheld and enforced to ensure the safety of our communities and the reopening of the strongest economy of the country. Um, that was Ken Paxton's statement. Um, the new legal proceeding, the seventh, the new legal proceeding, which is the seventh filed by the state of Texas against the Biden administration since the president's inauguration, seeks a return to Trump era border policies. Um, it is an eight count lawsuit that accuses Biden and DHS of multiple violations of the Administrative Protection Act, Procedure Act, and the Immigration and Nationality Act and the take care clause of the United States Constitution. Now, what would this report be if we did not show you the document itself? So let's go ahead and expand that on. And we're not, obviously, we're not going to go through this entire document. It is 34 pages long, but I will expand it a little bit so you can see some of the wording. You know, it's so such pretty letterhead. Right. OK. And uh, so get, uh, was it uh, the state of Texas versus uh, Joseph R. Biden Jr.? Huh. I didn't know he was a junior. Anyways, okay, uh, let's just look at uh, some of this here. It says, uh, in a series of dangerous and inexplicable administrative actions, like a series of unfortunate events, right? Um, defendants have abandoned the pre-existing uh, protections against the introduction into Texas and the United States of aliens, oh, United States of aliens infected with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, COVID-19 or COVID, during a pandemic. In doing so, defendants have violated the Immigration and Nationality Act, the Public Health Service Act of 1944, and the Administrative Procedure Act by causing an influx of aliens who are or the world is not giving us a who is talking to listen anyways okay sorry about that guys i had to stifle that woman real quick okay back to the article it goes on to say um let's see here uh, by causing an influx of aliens who are or might be infected with covid into the united states defendants unlawful actions imperil the public health of texas and the united states and weaken the ability of the economies of texas and the united states to recover through reopening from the effects of the pandemic uh let's see there was another point here instead of using the cdc's authority to prevent the introduction of covered aliens into the united states during a pandemic defendants have chosen to take Course of courses of action that have resulted in the release of tens of thousands of aliens into Texas and the United States 
Absent this court's in intervention, such releases will continue for the foreseeable future. And finally, one that I wanted to share, and in their haste to abandon their own detailed Title 42 process without any meaningful jurisdiction or explanation, defendants have also failed to enforce the INA's backstop, a long-standing federal law requiring the detention of aliens arriving in the United States who might transmit diseases of public health significance. Throughout their, future, uh, throughout their failure to act, defendants have ignored the plain language of the INA. So there you go. That is um, uh, our Attorney General for the state of Texas um, taking it to the administration for the seventh time. Um, and I'm sure they may get uh, tired of that or maybe not. I don't know. We'll have to ask Kamala. All right, guys. So we're almost to the end of our report today. I just got a couple of more things to share with you. <clears throat> All right. Let's see here. Now, this what this is what I wanted to share with you. This video here. This video comes from the Epic Times. Epic Epoch. You know, uh, tomato, tomato. I always say. I always say Epic, but the the reporter in this video says Epoch. Anyways, so. Now, this is tight on the heels of, um, of the uh, NIH-published article uh, about the ineffectiveness of the muzzle mask, uh, which we now lovingly call the face diaper, right? So, <clears throat> now, in this one, in this, in this video, a uh, scientist sits down with the Epic Times and actually talks about how this really is harmful to children. And, and they go in to talk about some of the science behind it and maybe a little bit of the politics. But it, it, this is a focus on our children, guys. This is a focus on the kids of the America and the kids of the world in regards to how this, these masks are doing more harm than good. So let's just sit back for a sec and watch this video. And I'll see you on the other side. We'll be running maybe about 10 to 15 minutes late, guys. Thanks for hanging in. The collateral damage from the lockdowns. The UN put an estimate out that there were 130 million people at risk of starvation. One year later, were COVID lockdowns worth it? We'll see many more women with late-stage breast cancer this year that should have been caught early last year. And how is it that young people in America are statistically more afraid of COVID than the elderly, who are in fact a thousand times more likely to die from this virus? It's a failure of public health message. I've had many, many, many scientists write to me and tell me that they agree with me, but they can't speak up. Today I sit down with leading public health policy expert, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. He's a professor of medicine at Stanford University, a research associate at the National Bureau of Economics Research. And he advised Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on COVID policy. They want to create this aura of, you shouldn't you know, hear this idea, as if it's some banned book. This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kellick. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, such a pleasure to have you on American Thought Leaders. Well, thank you for having me. So, of course, we're going to talk about coronavirus, or as we call it at the Epoch Times, CCP virus policy. Um, you describe the lockdowns as, quote, the biggest public health mistake we've ever made. And that's a very big statement. Please tell me what you're thinking. So, a few things. Like, first, uh, the, you have to think about the, uh, the lockdowns as an absolutely extraordinary measure. Like, the, the, the pre-pandemic plans, many of them that had, had, had considered and rejected lockdowns as a means to control a virus like this, an epidemic like this. Um, and uh, if you look at what the consequences have been, uh, 
you have to not just consider the, the effects on controlling the, the spread of the virus, which I think have been very limited in many ways, um, which we can talk, come back and talk about. But primarily what I was thinking about is the collateral damage from the lockdowns, uh, both domestically and worldwide. So sometime in April of last year, the UN put an estimate out that uh, there were 130 million people at risk of starvation from the lockdowns worldwide. Basically, almost every poor person on the face of the earth potentially harmed to the point of starvation by the lockdowns. Um, and uh, tens of millions of children worldwide thrown into poverty. Uh, those, many of those prophecies have come true. In fact, uh, those predictions have come true. You see now uh, things in the scientific literature uh, that have documented Again, millions and millions of children thrown into poverty worldwide, uh, food insecurity, potential starvation at, at a level not seen, I mean, other than before the, the major wars. I think what we'll come to understand very shortly, maybe if we, even if we don't understand it now, is that the harm from the lockdowns are orders of magnitude from whatever potential benefit you might think they've had in controlling the spread of the disease. So t why don't you outline for me the forms of this collateral damage you're describing here? I mean, the, it's t think about what a lockdown actually is. A lockdown is an attempt to reduce the amount of interactions, personal interactions between people to an absolute minimum. Well, humans are, are born and uh, to live in society with one another. It's not a, a normal thing to cut down our interactions. So, um, you know, hugging your grandmother, uh, hugging your children, uh, going to coffee with your friends, going to work together. Uh, every single possible human interaction has been, has been severed. And so if you want to understand the scope of the effect of the lockdowns, you have to understand that every single aspect of life is going to be affected by them. Uh, so let me, let me just give you uh, some examples that, that impinge on public health. Right. So during the epidemic, we had, uh, in just in the United States alone, uh, people who skipped their cancer treatments because they were more scared of COVID than cancer. They skipped cancer screening. So we'll see many more women with late-stage breast cancer this year that should have been caught early last year. Uh, we're already seeing that, for instance, the UK. That's already been documented in the literature. Uh, you had uh, something on the order of one in four young adults in the U.S. in June of last past year who's, who reported uh, serious thoughts of suicide. This is according to a, a study by the, the published by the CDC. So it's, it, it, I mean, this is just the beginning of it, and that's, that, that's just domestically. Um, I've already mentioned some of the international harms. Uh, I think what we're going to see is that uh, every aspect of human health that can possibly be hurt has been hurt by this. And I haven't even started to talk about the social damage, the, the anxiety, the, 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 the kind of um, uh, consequences that the kind of uh, panic and fear that's been induced in the population will, will continue to have. Once you ring that bell of panic and fear, it's very difficult to undo. So let me get this straight. One in four young adults are, have contemplated suicide. And what, what's the number usually? Something on the order of four or five percent. I mean, it's, it's a shocking increase in a, a group that, you know, normally should be socializing, li living their life, you know, learning, learning to, to be, become adults. Um, and, and yet uh, they're, they spent the year isolated, alone in fear. And uh, one in four seriously contemplated suicide. That, think about the, uh, the level of depth, the depth of anguish and pain that represents. Um, uh, now, that's just been, of course, it's not just young adults. Uh, look at the, lots and lots of other 
age groups have also had this kind of similar result, but they're, they're the group that has sort of faced it the worst, uh, at least in the United States. You know, it's incredible. And I also heard this uh, other statistic that there's actually more fear of contracting coronavirus among the younger population, which has a much lower risk than the older population. Is this true? It's true, yeah. So, like, the all, basically, the whole, the whole body of literature on this, the risk of dying from COVID infection is is a thousandfold different between the young and the old. Uh, the oldest p people who get infected are, are a thousandfold times more likely to die from infection than the young. And in fact, this past year, in 2020, more children died from influenza virus infection than COVID, uh, which is uh, shocking when people hear it, but it's absolutely true, because the children, to a large degree, don't face a large risk of severe outcomes from COVID infection. So the fact that young people believe are in more fear, more panic about COVID uh, than old, older has two effects. One is um, that for the older population, they probably take more risk than they ought. Right, because they actually do have some higher risk from COVID. You know, my mom is 80. She shouldn't be going out and, and, and to, to, you know, parties or something. Um, whereas, like, older, younger people, they're, they've stopped their lives on, a, on the basis of a tiny risk. And instead of taking on an enormous risk, which is this sort of uh, withdrawal from society, this, social, this lack of socialization, this sort of lack of normal, normal living that is healthy for them. Um, and so it's a failure of public health messaging. We've created this sense that there's this equal fear, or even worse fear, for, for an equal panic. And as a result, we've miscommunicated the risk to the, the population that actually is most vulnerable and least vulnerable, with consequences for both. Well, wait, so again, so you're telling me you think that we've underrepresented the risk for the older population and overrepresented the risk for the younger. It's like almost backwards. Yeah, it's inverted. It's inverted. Right. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a it's, a, it's just a straight failure of public health messaging. Uh, in fact, I saw a New York Times story earlier last year, sometime last year, arguing that there wasn't enough panic in the population about COVID, and that we should the, the public health should seek to induce more panic and fear. But in fact, that's the exact wrong thing to do. Uh, the public health toolkit should not include panic at all, because it leads to unreasoned activity. Instead, it should communicate honestly what the risks are and give people tools to uh, address that risk in their lives in the, in, in, the, in the best way possible. I mean, it's a deadly disease. There's no, no question. But it's more deadly for some than others. And the kinds of activities you can take to mitigate them um, should correspond to the risk that you take. So you've just watched the first few minutes of my interview with Dr. All right, so that was the first few minutes of his interview with the doc. All right, thank you, sir, from Epic Times. So, yeah, so that, I mean, that just goes to show, um, I mean, the video speaks for itself. And I, uh, it's, I think it's important that these get out there, especially because the articles are getting censored. No one's talking about it in the legacy lamestream media. And it's all the same thing. But we know, we've always known, guys, we've always known how fake, phony, and false... Like, Dave, how we've always known what a sham this is, and now we we need to take up, we need to put on that armor, right? And we need to go out there, and we need to be brave. Um, I was listening to um, 
an interview that uh, Mike Adams had with um, Lynn Wood. It's a brand new one. I think it's within a day or so. And, you know, like I said, I'm not a religious man. I'm more of a spiritual man. But indeed, that armor is essential. Whatever it is that you use to protect you, whatever you call on your higher power for. But in the face of all of these people running around with face diapers on, we are that light. They can see our face, the truth. We show it to your face, you know, like we don't have to hide behind anything. And so it's also very symbolic. And it, it was more, it was a, a heavier conversation than that, obviously, that I'm going to get into. But to that point, I'm going to play for you this um, this last video for the report. Um, and this video has already gone viral. I already saw it like on five other stations here on Foxhole app. And it's okay. We're going we're gonna to archive it for the C-Report. But the reason why I want to share it with you is not just because of what this woman is saying. It's not just because she's standing up and standing her ground and she's, she's finally gotten the nerve to say something. It's because it's at her city council. She goes to her city council, guys. Remember, we have to start in our own backyard. And I know some of us already have done that. I know some of us have been to city council. Some of us probably the city council does not cannot stand us. We're like, oh, God, they're back again. You know, like I know. I mean, I was going down there for a while uh, myself when I was living up in Austin when I was having certain issues with them. But um, anyway, so you guys have probably already seen this video. It's a two minute video. Uh, I believe this was a city council in um Oh, in Georgia. It was in Georgia, matter of fact. So let's go. Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing. And his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval. But will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Cassidis, author of The Distance to the End. A Trick of the Eyes, a stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get A Trick of the Eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores. Ask for it by name. A Trick of the Eyes by Michael Aaron Casares. City Council in, uh, um, oh, in Georgia. It was in Georgia, matter of fact. So let's go ahead and play it. I think it's a very powerful video, but it also to me is a good example of us getting active and getting and at the local level, getting involved and getting our voice out there to help educate. Like what if we took the article that was published by the NIH that listed all of the diseases and all of the psychological effects that having masks can have on us and we read it to them because that's an open forum. It's a public forum and it's if they take the minutes, they record it, it's archived. It will forever be lodged into the public's conscience, regardless of whether they want it to or not. What if all of us went down there and we all took that same article and we all read the same article until it got into their head? I don't know, just an idea. But this woman speaking from her heart and for the love of her children, and I think for the love of the children around the world. So let's give a, ch- let's give a listen to her. Every month I come here and I hear the same thing. Social, emotional health. If you truly mean that, you would end the mask requirement tonight. Tonight. 
This is not March 2020 anymore. We have three vaccines. Every adult in the state of Georgia that wants that vaccine is eligible to get it right now. And every one of us knows that young children are not affected by this virus. They're not. And that's a blessing. But as the adults, what have we done with that blessing? We've shoved it to the side and we've said, we don't care. You're still going to wear a mask on your face every day, five and six-year-olds. You still can't play together on the playground like normal children, seven and eight-year-olds. We don't care. We're still going to force you to carry a burden that was never yours to carry. Shame on us. My six-year-old looks at me every month before I come here. She says, are you going to tell them tonight? Tell them I don't want to wear this anymore. And I say, baby, it's not time to fight that back. By the way, so many things. But it's April 15th, 2021, and it's time. Take these masks off of my child. And I know what I'm going to be met with. So, Ms. Taylor, the CDC, we did not vote for people at the CDC. We did elect leaders who do create policy. We elected the five of you. We chose you to make difficult decisions for our children. We chose you to make decisions that would be in our children's best interest and forcing five, six, seven, eight, and nine-year-old little children to cover their noses and their mouths where they breathe for seven hours a day, every day for the last nine months for a virus that you know doesn't affect them. That is not in their best interest. And this has to stop. Defend our children. My six-year-old can't come up here and say this. It has to stop. Take these off of our children. And I'll say it, and I'll say it time again. The children, they are the ones that are going to unite all parties, guys. The children are the ones that are going to unite all parties. And also this threat of our beef belt getting contaminated by a BSL level 4 research lab facility. All right, guys, that was the C-Report for Friday afternoon. I hope you guys had a great show. I had a fun time hanging out with you guys. It's always great when you get to interject little bits of humor because that's pretty heavy. Uh, and all the topics that we cover here are pretty heavy because we're all concerned and we're all worried and we're all pulling the faith to make sure that we can get things done. All right, guys, um, we will be back tomorrow evening with Q&A Host Live. We should be having a special guest. Um, I think we confirmed it, but um, um, if not, tune in to find out who. And also, we don't normally have shows on Friday evening, but tonight I might do a special report type thing. It's going to be kind of like a watch party, kind of like a movie night, but not a movie night. It just so happens that what I want to show you is over an hour long. So if you are got nothing to do or you're bored, I have some really, really, really great information that I'd like to share with you guys. So I'll probably be on tonight. Um, just look for the time at Pilled or at the Foxhole app. Um, we'll probably only go live here maybe on Twitch as well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm thinking maybe 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Central Time, depending on how dinner goes. Uh, but anyways, I look forward to hanging out with you guys tonight. I'll be in the chat box during that time, in the chat room during that time. But otherwise, see us tomorrow. We'll be live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, here on the Fox app, Foxhole app and all other uh, areas that we broadcast in. But you know, we, you know where my love goes, guys. All right, guys, y'all have a great Friday evening and a great weekend, if not, and then we'll see you back at the Sea Report on Monday at uh, 4 p.m. Central. Take care, y'all.
going to be only America first. America first. You and they hold. Thank you.